0: I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this podcast is sponsored by Lus Brands, a three-step hair care system designed to make caring for curly hair simple. I grew up with two sisters who had beautiful curly hair, so I have never considered mine anything but straight, because compared to their tight coils, mine was just blah. In my adulthood, I've started to embrace that my hair does in fact have some wave to it, as a busy mom, I often just let my hair air dry because I don't want to take the time to blow dry it and style it, and when I started doing that, I noticed that it does curl underneath and by my ears and hairline, so how do I actually make this wavy-ish hair look good? That's why I was so excited to be introduced to LUS brands. LUS is all about helping each person embrace and love their unique waves, curls, kinks, and coils. When I use their simple three-step system, which includes shampoo, conditioner, and an all-in-one styler... I actually look like I have beach waves, and without any stickiness, crunch, or mess. Whether you have tighter curls like my sisters or beach waves like me, Lust Brands can help your hair look amazing. I love Lust Brands, and I'm not the only one. See for yourself why they have over 30,000 five-star reviews. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more when you go to lustbrands.com and enter promo code 3IN30. That's L-U-S-BRANDS with an S dot com and promo code 3 and 30. Don't wait, get 15% off with the promo code 3and30 at com. Welcome to 3and30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Boundaries is a bit of a buzzword right now, and I'd say we typically think of it in the context of work or of social or extended family relationships. It's common to hear people talking about setting a boundary with a demanding coworker or boss, with a self-centered friend, or with an overbearing in-law. What we don't hear about as often is the idea of setting boundaries with our children. The concept of having boundaries with our kids can feel a bit foreign and possibly selfish, but it can actually be one of the most loving things you can do for your parent-child relationship. We're going to talk about that and so much more in today's episode with a very special guest, Stacy Collins. Stacy is the program director for my Self-Assured Motherhood, or SAM as I like to call it, program. You probably heard me talking about Sam these past few weeks, as we are gearing up to open the doors for enrollment next week, and we couldn't be more excited. Stacy is a huge part of the Self-Assured Motherhood program. She manages the community boards, connects with the women in the group to make sure they're supported, and helps me create and teach the curriculum. I wanted you to get to know her a bit better today so you can get a feel for our teaching style together and some of the content we cover in much more depth within the program. I also wanted to let you know that Stacy and I will be teaching some free live masterclasses together over the next several weeks to introduce the nine pillars of self-assured motherhood. So if you like what you hear today and want to learn more from us, go to 3 30 podcastcom slash free class to reserve your spot for our masterclass, which is going to be so impactful. By way of background, Stacy is a mom of three kids, ages seven, four, and two. She has a master's degree in education and taught elementary school with Teach for America for several years, then went on to train their teachers for Teach for America programs. She has additional certifications in Simplicity Parenting and Tinkergarten, and she says that her theory of change is that healthy homes create healthy people, and a confident woman who knows herself and knows healthy parenting strategies is the best person to affect social and systemic change both inside and outside of her home. Wow, right? (laughs) Stacy is a voracious reader, an avid learner, and she has so much experience on a huge variety of parenting topics. So it was hard to narrow down what we would talk about today, but we ended up settling on the topic of setting boundaries with your children because that was one of the areas that the women in our last round of the Self Assured Motherhood program struggled with the most. And in fact, Stacy planned a bonus masterclass for them all around this topic. So they could get some additional coaching and direction from her. And she pulled some of the best takeaways from that class to teach us in today's episode. So let's get to it. So with no further ado, here's my conversation with the program director for my self-assured motherhood program, Stacy Collins. Here we go. Stacy, welcome to three and thirty. Hey Rage.
1: I'm so happy to be here. It feels surreal to be on your podcast after being a listener for so
0: long and now being such a fresh part of the staff. I'm just really excited. Well, I'm really excited to have you. I feel like you've become such an integral part of the staff. We've worked together for the last nine, 10 months within Self-Assured Motherhood, and the women in that program have come to love you and know you well, and so it's just exciting for me to be able to introduce you more broadly to the 3 and 30 community, to all the thousands of moms who are listening, and give them a little behind-the-scenes peek to some of the people who helped me make the podcast and make the program happen. So welcome. Welcome. And we're going to be talking today about boundaries, which is one of our pillars of self-assured motherhood that we dive in deep in our nine-month program. And your specialty is boundaries with kids, which is not my specialty whatsoever. So I'm glad that you're teaching this. So tell us a little bit about, to you, what is a boundary and why does it matter that we have these with our kids?
1: Hmm. Great question. Boundaries are what we're willing to do to protect our space and our needs. Mm. It's about controlling yourself and not controlling others. And when it comes to our kids, it's so important that we have boundaries because they can't read our minds Mm. and we can't read theirs. But we have the responsibility and the honor of helping them develop into their potential. And so boundaries are a way to make sure that we're creating an environment that is both honoring to us and honoring to them. And in a way, by controlling our actions, we can achieve more peace in our home, which I think is what all mothers are looking Mm. for.
0: Yeah. And I love your emphasis on boundaries are about us and our actions, not about controlling Mm -hmm. other people. You know, there can be sort of this feeling amongst parents that we should be able to control our kids and we really can't. It's actually not possible to control another human being, but we can provide these loving limits for them and we can control how we respond and what we allow within our sphere and that will gently guide them. It won't control them, but it will guide them in the direction of becoming healthy, thriving adults someday, hopefully. And also in the now, having a more happy home life because people know what is expected. You mentioned they can't read our minds and they can't. If we don't set loving limits and we don't tell them what's expected then they're going to be crossing every boundary and not even knowing why we're freaking out or frustrated or resentful. I say this from personal (laughs) experience.
1: (laughs) Right, because they're just being children or being humans and then we are thinking about it and feeling angry. I was just visiting one of my dear mom friends and she is so calm as she's getting her kids out of the house. And I'm there without my children. And I turned to her and I said, Robin, how do you stay so calm? thinking she would have some like wonderful advice for me. And she said, well, it doesn't help when I'm upset. And I thought that's exactly right. She had a boundary for herself. I'm not going to get verbally upset at my kids if I'm feeling upset inside because it just Mm. doesn't help. And lo and behold, her children eventually Mm. got in the car and we were able to have a nice drive to where we were going, as opposed to sometimes my car rides are just me steaming right? I'm so angry <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't help anyone because I don't have a great boundary around that. And so I need to create one.
0: <laughs> yes. So boundaries are mm-hmm. about what you will do and what you will allow, not what you expect other people to do. There's a quote that we talk about quite a bit within the Self-Assured Motherhood program by Prentice Himphil. Boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. And I love that because, for example, my little girl yesterday was All over me. She's eight, but she still loves to climb on me and sit on my lap. And I keep wondering when she's going to grow out of this. And I had to say to her, I can't be touched right now. I need you to sit next to me and not on me. And that was a boundary that I needed. That's actually physical distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. I'm honoring my need And also loving you because you're not all up in my space and I'm not Mm -hmm. frustrated with you. So that was an actual physical boundary, but these can also be emotional boundaries and limits that we set that keep us out of resentment and frustration and burnout as moms. It's protecting us and it's protecting our kids from us when we have these boundaries in place. It's protecting them from our anger, from our blowing Mm -hmm. up and our resentment. But the question is how? I feel like moms know this. They know that they want this. They may even set boundaries and then not follow through on them. Like I lean towards permissive. I wish that I didn't, but I lean towards permissive in my parenting because I'm like, well, I feel bad and I just love them so much, you know? And I've had to reset and rethink that boundaries are loving And that I can set them in a loving way, which is what you're going to teach us today. absolutely. And you can. And I think the first
1: takeaway is going to be about connection. So our three takeaways today are connect, Hmm. then you correct, then you expect or redirect, depending on the age and the situation. So connect, correct, redirect, or expect.
0: And these are actually steps to set a boundary. This is how you do it. So a mom in the moment, if she's like, I recognize I need to set a boundary right now, but I don't Mm -hmm. even know how, she can think through, okay, I connect, I correct, and I redirect Mm -hmm. or expect. And so we're going to go through each one of these as our takeaways today. So talk to us a little bit about the first step, connect. So
1: connecting is all about connecting with the emotion. We're not always going to know what our child is feeling, but we can make our best guess. And it doesn't matter if our best guess is right or wrong. What the connection is doing is building a bridge between you and your child that is saying, I see you, I hear you, you and your problems are important to me. And it's just creating that invisible thread of love between you two. Because people don't listen to corrections and expectations from people they don't like right? And so that connection Mm -hmm. is going to build that in that moment. It might sound like, oh, you really wanted that toy. Or it is so hard to say goodbye at the toy store. There are so many fun things to look at. Or yeah, this move has really been hard for you. There are no friends your age at church and that stinks. Right. All you're doing is giving them that lifeline and they might be coming at you with the behavior that you do not want to see. And that's triggering you. But by building that connection, we can all take it from being angry and frustrated and pinging off of each other in a really high energy way and bring it down to like, wait, we love each other. We're on the same team. Come onto my side of the table and solve this problem together. Not you are the problem and you're the issue. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think about that example I gave with Sally yesterday. I was a little too gruff. I was overstimulated and I didn't really connect before I corrected. And that's okay. We're not always going to get these three steps perfect. But in the ideal scenario, I maybe could have said, I know you really want to snuggle with me right now because you love me. However, (laughs) and that leads to step two, the correction, the boundary setting But I've established that connection first by acknowledging the feeling, the motive underneath. She's not trying to be a bad girl. And I recognize that. So I give a little connection first and then we move into correct.
1: Yeah. And before we move into correct, I also want to say that a connection does not have to be verbal. Sometimes our kids don't want to hear us talk anymore. Mm. And sometimes we're tired of talking. So in that moment with Sally, you could have just put your hand around her, just given her a little side hug and said, I need my space right now. But that little kind of side hug, as opposed to a push away, changes the whole situation, even if you're saying the exact same words,
0: right? And even the tone of voice, now that you mention it, I mean, I think my tone was gruff. I need you to get mm-hmm. off of me right now, you know, versus if I would have just said in a more loving way, Sally, I need my space right now. There's connection within the tone even as we deliver the correction. Yeah.
1: So remember this formula, I'm putting that in air quotes, <laughs> this formula is not formulaic. It's just the things that you want to remember to keep in mind as you are setting a boundary and following through on it. And that connection is part of it, but the connection does not have to
0: look the same every time. And also the order of these steps can be somewhat flexible too. If you correct first and then you're like, oh, I should have connected first, just quickly give them a pat on the arm or say, sorry, I was a little gruff there and add that connection in. It's not supposed to be a formulaic template. It's just a helpful, I love that it rhymes, these three steps, because it kind of helps you remember, how do I set this boundary? And then you kind of move through these steps in your own way that works with your family and your child. Because you're right. Some kids don't want to hear all the talking. Having their emotion named Mm -hmm. is triggering for some kids. And so in that case, you just connect with a little pat or a squeeze or a kind voice. And then you move into this correction. Yeah,
1: I have a deeply feeling four-year-old and her and I have just gotten to the habit of giving each other thumbs up. And so the other day I added that every time I wiggle my thumb, it means that I love you. And we've been using that a lot as we're frustrating each other (laughs) because it at least allows me to be like, I love you and we are going to bed right now. Like it gives Mm. for her that deeply feeling kid, that connection without
0: overwhelming her with more sensory input from me. Mm. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Public Goods, an online marketplace designed for the conscious consumer where you can get everything from coffee to toilet paper, shampoo to pet food. I have been raving about Public Goods' beautiful, minimal packaging on their cleaning products and how the kitchen soap doubles as my decor in my kitchen, which I'm happy to report still makes me smile every time I pass by. Well, now that I am a proud pet owner, which is childhood Rachel's dream come true, I am eyeing the Dog Bundle. It includes dog kibble and dog treats with wheat, corn, and soy-free options, shampoo, and 100% biodegradable, plastic-free dog waste bags. Public Goods searches the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products, which they then offer to their customers using a membership model to keep costs low and to pass on even more savings. Best of all, you can make your first purchase with no obligation, and we've worked out an awesome deal for 3 and 30 listeners. Receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right. They are so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again that they are giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash 3 30 or use code 3 30 at checkout. That's P-U-B-L-I-C-G-O-O-D-S dot com forward slash three and 30 to receive $15 off your first order. This podcast is also sponsored by BetterHelp, the world's largest provider of counseling done 100% online. If you've been listening to podcasts or scrolling social media, you have probably been inundated with back to school updates lately. It's an exciting time of year for many, but I remember when my kids were too little to go to school, and that change in season really just meant continuing to do the same thing around the clock. This was very difficult for me. In fact, in my early motherhood years, I was depressed and discouraged every day with terrible thoughts of self-loathing. When I look back at that time, I hardly recognize myself because I am so much stronger mentally and emotionally now, and I attribute much of that turnaround to going to therapy. But it was a sacrifice. Every week I'd have to find a babysitter for my young children, drive 30 minutes to my counselor's office, spend an hour talking to her, drive back to get my kids, etc., etc., etc. If I had known about an option like BetterHelp back then, it would have been incredibly beneficial for me as a busy young mom. BetterHelp makes it easy to get started with a counselor without overthinking it. You simply fill out a confidential questionnaire at betterhelpcom 3in30, and they will match you with a counselor within about 48 hours. If you feel the slightest nudge to process your life or grief with a professional, this is me rooting for you. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash 3 and 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 and 30 Okay,
1: so let's talk about that second takeaway, which is correction. In a correction, that is where you are explaining the desired behavior. So it might take some time for you to reflect on, wait, what did I really want out of that situation? I just wanted him to stop. But it's usually because you know some desired behavior that you have not made clear to your child. And so this is where you tell your child the ideal. And meanwhile, you're trying to hold on to that connection piece. So for your toddler who wants the toy, it might look like, yeah, it's Jack's turn right now. And you need to wait your turn, even though it is so hard. That allows them to know what they're supposed to be doing while still recognizing that mom is working with me or to your tween that you just moved across the country with. Moving is hard, but you can't be mean to others just because you are feeling lonely right now. It's clear, it's connective, but it's still, this is the boundary. There are certain things that are and are not okay in our home for us to have a peaceful family and for you to reach your potential. Some other examples might be like, you can be mad, but keep your hands to yourself. Or when we
0: don't get what we want, we can be
1: sad, but we cannot scream and hit and yell at the toy store.
0: Yes. Yes. And then after that correction, I love this third step. I feel like this is where I don't know how to mm-hmm. take the third step. I give the correction, but then what? How do you set the boundary? How do you ensure that they know the expectation and the consequence connected with the expectation?
1: Right. And so the redirect or this expect is that follow through. Now, with a young child or with a child who kind of knows better, you might use a redirect and a redirect looks like, oh, you really wanted that toy. That's your connection. You need to wait your turn. And then you're just going to redirect. Right. Let's go look at the bird in the tree right now, because a toddler doesn't need you to be like, and now you are going to lose five minutes of screen time because you chose to steal your friend's toy again right? That doesn't make sense for them. We are their frontal lobes and their executive functioning when they're little. And so redirecting is moving that child away from the energy of that situation and helping them to be able to return to it when you can say, hey, you waited your turn and now it is your turn and now you get the toy. You can also use redirects on older kids who kind of know the expectations already. Hey, I noticed on the playground, you swatted your friend and that wasn't cool. Like we don't do that in our family. And then you move on because it doesn't need to be such a big thing. Where you do the expect, that is where you follow through in the more real way. Hey, I set the boundary. I said you needed to turn off your show after you watched your first 20 minutes and you chose not to. Now there's no shows for tomorrow. And so even though that's so hard, right, sometimes as a parent, we're like, oh, now I just gave myself another problem to deal with because there's a tantrum or a struggle with that consequence. That's where we get to really shine and holding our boundary because we say, no, for your good and for your potential and for the peace in our home, this is the loving limit that I'm setting and it's going to stay here because I love you and I care about you and I know that you need to learn and grow and develop in that direction. So I'm Gano, he's kind of an old school parenting guru. He says, a limit should be so stated that it tells the child clearly what constitutes unacceptable conduct and what substitute will be accepted. And I love that because it's clearly stated, tell them what's not okay. And then also tell them what is okay. And then there's that follow through right afterwards. So it's really better to have no limit at all than one that you're not willing to enforce. Because every time you set a fake limit with your kid and then you don't enforce it, it becomes like, oh, mom's not serious. So the next time she sets a limit, like it's probably not real. And that's so hard to do.
0: Yeah, it's so hard to do. So I love this from the Gano quote. It tells them what's unacceptable as well as what is acceptable. Mm -hmm. So saying to your child, anger is fine. What you are feeling is okay. Hitting your sister when you're angry is not okay, but you can go to your room and you can stomp around up there and you can punch pillows and you can scream. That's all fine, Yeah. but this is not fine. And then it may end there. That redirect may be enough, or you may need to add an expectation. And if that Mm -hmm. happens again, then, and -hmm. the consequences there. Am I getting this right?
1: Yeah, exactly. And you make sure the consequence is related to the misbehavior. As much, as much as you, as you can, can, yeah. right? It's tricky to do, but, mm-hmm. you know, screaming belongs in your room where it isn't hurting the ears of the people around you. You don't want to make it into like an emotional manipulation thing. Like, oh, I'll be so sad if you don't do that. It's not about you anymore. It's about the boundary so that your child can reach their potential. So a good example of a logical consequence might be finish your three chores before I return from the grocery store. When they're complete, then you can go out with friends tonight. If and when you come home and those chores are not complete, you can choose, hey, you have 10 more minutes to get those done and then you can go or you can choose to say they're not complete when I got home and so you can't go out with your friends. But what you don't want to do is like, oh my gosh, how could you? You didn't finish your three chores. Like I told you that you couldn't go out with your friends tonight and then they do their chores two and a half hours later and then you're like, all right, you can go. Because what it's done is created this expectation mm-hmm. where you leave, you tell them to do something, you come back, it doesn't matter what they've done, and they still get to do what they want. And so you want those consequences to follow through on it because I love this. I don't remember where I got it from, honestly, but a hammer has little value without a plan. If we run around being hammers and thinking that we're being harsh and helping our children, we are doing the opposite. We need to know what we're doing and how we're building them so that we can help them and help ourselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes so much sense. And going back to what we talked about at the beginning of boundaries are about Mm. what you will do and what you will allow. So I'm thinking back to the example with Sally, like if you keep climbing all over me, I'm going to stand up and leave the room Mm -hmm. where I can have space. She is still young enough that I probably could actually move her away from me, but that's only going to last for so long before I can no longer move her. I have to move myself. And so explaining to her what I will do, I think is really powerful. Do you have some examples from your own life or from women in our self-assured motherhood class of how to follow this process, connect, correct, and redirect or expect within real life scenarios that moms might be facing?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with one. This is from a woman in our self-assured motherhood class. We spent a whole month on boundaries and we did an extra class around boundaries with kids. And she said, my 10-year-old and my 12-year-old won't do what I ask about their laundry. I've told them the limit, like they have to take their underwear out of their pants and they have to empty their pockets, right? I think every mom or anyone who does laundry understands that struggle. And so she was saying, I asked them to prep their laundry and they just don't. So every week it's not done. And I do their laundry anyway, because how else are they going to have clean clothes? And then I get angry and resentful that they don't listen. And in the most loving way, I told this mom, take a step back and ask yourself, are you really expecting them to do the thing you've asked them to do? If there's no follow through, there's no expectation. And so it was really important to help her get to the point where she felt empowered to say, oh, yeah, I can just say, if you don't do that with your laundry, I won't be able to do it for you. That'll be a bummer because you'll have to wear kind of stinky clothes to school. So I'm happy to help teach you how to do your laundry. I'm happy to do it alongside you. But if it's not prepped in the way that I need it by Saturday night, it will not be done. And then she gets to follow through and have some extra time in her day where she's not prepping her kids' laundry because they are capable of doing it themselves. And in the long run, that's really helping her kids. It's helping her and it's Mm -hmm. helping her children and it's helping everyone have more peace in the home.
0: Yeah. It's loving them by teaching them to be responsible for their clothing and to be appreciative of the people who serve them in their life. And that is loving to teach them that. And it's loving yourself, loving her, because she is keeping herself out of resentment and feeling like a servant in her own home. And so she can love her kids more. So it's simple. I mean, it sounds simple. I know it's harder than it sounds to go to them and have some connection, say, hey, you know how much I love you. I want you to have clean clothes every week, which is why I'm willing to do your laundry for you. This has continued to happen. And the expectation is if it happens in the future, I'm not going to be mad. I'm just going to put those clothes in a basket and leave them and you'll have to do your own laundry, you know? And so it's very non-emotional. It's just clear what the boundary is. And my guess is those children would start to follow through. Or they would learn how to do their own laundry, which a 10 and 12 year old can do their own laundry. I think as moms, we get so like, but then what will they do when they won't have clean clothes? And it's like, they'll figure it out. They're more capable than we realize a lot of the time. Or then they won't have clean clothes. That mom might be willing to help them. (laughs) Say, okay, that mom says, I'm not going to do your laundry because you didn't follow through, but here, let me teach you how to do it so that you have the capability to do that going forward. Yeah. Yeah. You know
1: that saying, um, something along the lines of a goal without a date is just a wish, or like a goal not written down is just a wish. I feel like boundaries are a lot like that. Like a boundary without an expectation or without a follow through is just a suggestion. As moms are like, well, I hope you do that. I really hope you clear your spot at the end of dinner. Or I really hope that you sweep the ground after you're done. Or I really hope you'd clean your room. They're children. We can't expect them to just fall in line because we want them to. But we do get to decide what's going to cause the most peace in my home and what can I do about that. And like what you said, keep your emotions out of it. Don't get upset about things because you have a boundary, you have a limit, you have an expectation and you get to follow through with it in the most loving way. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And I did want to ask you, Stacy. I feel like it's easy for us to sit back and say, just follow through, right? <laughs> you know, but that's so much easier said than done a lot of the time. And do you have any thoughts on how to support yourself so that you are able to follow through on the boundaries that you set with your kids?
1: Yeah, I think that's where self-care comes in, right? That's such a buzzword right now. But the whole idea is if you are not holding boundaries for your own space and time, you are going to struggle to hold boundaries for the people around you. Because if you're hungry or sleep deprived or just really touched out, or maybe you've gone days or weeks without a true break other than if they're sleeping, then the idea of setting more boundaries and following through and all the emotional exhaustion that comes from raising children, that's going to be hard. So we talk about this a lot in Self-Assured Motherhood, and we spend another month on Sanctify Your Soul Care But what it means to take time for yourself looks different for every person. And you have to find out what fills you up. For me, it's not a bubble bath. Mm -hmm. For me, it's hiking in the woods or baking something without being interrupted 20 million times. And so you figure out what works for you and then make sure that you are being boundaried about your time. This is my time to fill my cup so that I can show up as a happy and fulfilled mother. The idea is Mm -hmm. that you can be joyous and loving towards your kids and still need time and space for yourself like your happiness and their happiness are not mutually exclusive. Absolutely. (laughs) If I could have told myself and understood that five years ago, I would have been in such a different place mentally as a mother. I wish I had someone like shaking my shoulders and leading me through that. And I think that that's what the beauty and the power of self-assured motherhood is, is that we get to be those people for you and we're going to love you, but we're also going to shake you by your shoulders and say, hey, You get to put time aside for yourself so that you can show up as a mother to the people who need you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because I definitely feel like when I am just so tired, I'm much less likely to hold my boundaries because I know there's going to be a meltdown Mm -hmm. and I don't have the mental and emotional energy to deal with it because I'm not filled up. And so I just think, oh, I'll just let that one Mm -hmm. slide or I'll just do it myself instead of following through on the expectation with the chores Or another one for me is just if I'm so busy Mm -hmm. that I don't have the space to hold my boundaries because I've packed my life so full, which again is not taking care of myself when I'm so busy that I can't even manage the emotional needs of myself or my family, then it's impossible to hold these boundaries. So bolstering your boundaries and sanctifying your soul care, those are two pretty major topics. We spend a whole month on each of those within the course, but we wanted to touch on it today and remind you that if you're listening to this and thinking, great, I know I should hold boundaries with my kids, but I'm just too tired, then that could be a sign that you need to take a step back and figure out how to get some more soul care in your life and more breaks and more time to care for your physical and mental health.
1: And I think it's worth being said that also if you're feeling the feeling of, It's their fault. If they would just be cleaner, I wouldn't feel this way. If they would just do what I asked them to do, those are signs of mom burnout. And they're very typical. And so sometimes they get hidden Mm -hmm. in the conversations about motherhood is so hard. But if you're feeling like super angry or super resentful towards your kids, that's burnout. And that for me was a wake up call. I had major burnout when I had my baby two years ago. And so self-assured motherhood has been really healing for me as I taught the program. To recognize like, oh, I don't have to live like that. That doesn't have to be how motherhood has to feel. And that's a wonderful feeling.
0: Yes, and I definitely think that you can look at your resentments as a window to the boundaries that you need to set. So you can look at a resentment that you have and work backwards from that and think, okay, I'm feeling super resentful of the laundry and I'm perceiving that my kids think of me as a servant. And so I'm gonna work backwards from that. And what boundaries do I need to set to make sure that I'm no longer in this position where I feel like a servant. Like it could be that my kids are not thinking that way about me, but I'm perceiving that because I am so burned out and because they're leaving their clothes everywhere when they may not even know that leaving their clothes everywhere is inconveniencing me. I mean, it seems like it should be obvious to them, but they're kids. Mm -hmm. It's not obvious to them. And so we need to set this clear expectation to protect them from our resentment and to protect us from our resentment. Yeah. So use those resentments as a window and move backwards to figure out what boundaries you should set in your home.
1: Yeah. I have a bonus story for that. You and I had a really good day at work, and I don't remember exactly what was happening, but I was really excited to share with my family. And they were talking over me at the dinner table, and I was starting to go inward, right? To feel like, gosh, they don't care about me, or like, this sucks that I'm invisible, or why do I feel this way? And then starting to question my own emotions. And I realized, like, I am feeling lonely. And so I spoke up. And I just said, hey, you guys, I'm trying to share something with you that was really important to me today and really made me feel good and that I found my purpose in working with 3 and 30 And I feel so lonely when you talk Mm -hmm. over me and when I end up thinking that I'm being ignored when I know that you're not intending that. And that just like went, it was like a pressure valve was released in our whole family and everyone quieted down. And I think that was probably one of the first times that I had done that with them was identified my feeling and asked them to act in a certain way, not to fix my feeling, but just to say like, hey, I'm feeling this way. Please mm-hmm. be a little bit more considerate of that without being luxury or anything.
0: Yeah. And you connected and you corrected in a way. You explained mm-hmm. what the more appropriate behavior would be. And You didn't even need to have a consequence there. It's not like, and now I'm going to send you to your room. You just explained what needed to happen. And then they responded. And then I
1: redirected. Yeah. I redirected into like, and listen to how cool this thing that happened at work today was. And then it was fine. And we kept on going.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Stacey. This has been such a great conversation that I know a lot of moms are going to think through these steps often in the coming days as they're trying to figure out how, To move their families forward in a positive direction you and i are going to be teaching some master classes in the next two Mm -hmm. weeks diving deeper into the self-assured motherhood framework so i want to encourage everyone if you loved this conversation you want to learn more from us please go sign up for that free master class as well as we'd love to have you in the full nine month self-assured motherhood program so thank you, Stacey, so much for coming on and for the work that you do, the support that you are to me within 3 and 30 I'm just so grateful to be your friend and your colleague. Mm, I'm just honored to be here. Thank you. I could talk to Stacey for hours, and sometimes I do. <laughs> she is just as passionate about helping women find fulfillment and joy within their motherhood as I am, and hiring her to help me run the SAM program was one of the best decisions I've ever made for 3 and 30 just a reminder that Stacy and I will be teaching several free live masterclasses over the coming weeks, all about the nine pillars of self-assured motherhood, and we would love to see you there to learn with us. Go to 3 30 podcastcom slash free class to reserve your spot, and I'll put that in the show notes of your podcast listening app so you can easily click the link and find a time that works for you. Okay, by way of recap of Stacy's three takeaways for how to set loving boundaries with our children, remember the three-step process. Connect, correct, and redirect or expect. First, connect. You can do this with your words by validating your child's emotions or desires before you jump into a correction. And you can also do this nonverbally with a squeeze or a hug or a loving tone of voice as you talk through the misbehavior. Second, correct. This is when you explain the desired behavior, which leads to step three, redirect or expect. You can decide whether your child simply needs a redirect away from the undesirable behavior or if they need a consequence or an expectation clearly stated to discourage the behavior from happening in the future. That's it, my friends. I hope this three-part framework is helpful for you as you set loving limits with your own children. As always, I'm rooting for you. I hope I will see you at one of my self-assured motherhood classes, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family.